This is a free download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building. At LeBanks, St Sampson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. Okay, John 14. I've been talking the last few weeks, uh, and I just want to continue with it, I just feel this is still on my heart to do. I want to about the Holy Spirit, our helper. It's often one of the, the, the things that we so easily take for granted, and we don't really get a, uh, we, you know, go on to the next thing, but unless we understand about the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, literally we've got nothing, is that right? The Holy Spirit is the most vital ingredient you've got to really enable you and equip you and empower you to be the person that God's called you to be. Amen? So without the Holy Spirit, what is that? And so I want to encourage you to, to think very much about this. And, and we've been thinking about the Holy Spirit is our helper. I was looking for all kinds of definitions, but I think one of the greatest ones is the Holy Spirit our helper. He comes help us, the Greek word parakletos, he comes alongside us to help us in our marriages, to help us in our jobs, to help us in our witness, to, to help us in life in general, amen? We just can't live the life that God's called us to live without the help of the Holy Spirit. So John 14 and verse 17. This is the verse we've been thinking of. It says, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Okay, Ephesians 5 verse 18 and this is the kind of verse I want us to kind of focus on a little bit this morning. Well-known verse, kind of known to I'm sure many of us. Verse 18 says, And don't be drunk with wine in which is dispensation, but be filled with the Spirit. Amen? We've been looking at the, the... When we talk about the Holy Spirit, well, I'm talking about having an intimate, close relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I think I shared last week that the importance of, of developing a consciousness that the Holy Spirit's with you. Just to, to, to sense and, and, and develop that consciousness that the Spirit of God's with you. I'm not by myself. I'm not facing this challenge by myself. I'm not in this circumstance by myself. But I have a helper. I have the Holy Spirit. And to develop a consciousness of Him being with you. Amen? And then secondly, to acknowledge that He's with you. I wonder, when was the last time as a Christian you acknowledged the Holy Spirit was with you? Just to, to acknowledge He's with you. To talk to Him. To commune with Him. To be aware of Him. And the more we develop that kind of lifestyle, you'll be amazed how your life is going to change. Amen? So you talk to him, you commune with him, you share with him. You, you can do it in the drive in the car. That's a good time to have good communion with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Some of you desperately need it. Amen? Uh, on your way to work, when you're, you know, just, just a walk. That's a great time. Just walking along the beach, walking along the cliffs. You know, those are great times where you can say, Holy Spirit... I really need your wisdom in this situation. What should I do here? What should I do in this circumstance? What I, and you just begin to talk to him, share with him, commune with him. And the incredible thing is, he talks back to you. Amen? Isn't that wonderful? What I want to talk to this morning is the fact that for us to really have a close, 
intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The more filled I am with the Holy Spirit, the more I know him as a person. Because we're not talking about some force or, or some sort of ideal. We're talking about a person. He's a person. And because he's a person, I can have a personal relationship with him. And the way I, I really get to know him is when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I've often said, there's one baptism with the Holy Spirit, but many infillings with the Holy Spirit. Amen? In other words, that, that word to be filled, it means to be immersed. Every part of our being filled with the Holy Spirit. He's your help. You know, I love the story of Mary, remember the, the virgin birth there? And when the angel appears there, he gives us this amazing promise, you're, you know, you're going to bear a child and all this sort of stuff. And she says, how can this be? How can I do it? How can this come to pass? And the angel says these words to her, by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. That's how you do it. That's how you achieve it. That's how you make it. By the Holy Spirit. And we need to leave that in the heart. So anything we achieve, anything we do, will only be by the Holy Spirit. And, that, and I think that's a good thing to get into your heart. But we need to be filled with the Spirit. I mean, I just want to quote to you somewhere what Smith Wigglesworth said. This is his prayer. This is his prayer he prays. He says, Save us, O God, from ever wanting anything less than everything that you have for us. Let there be a continual flood of your Spirit pouring through us that we may be the man filled with all the fullness of God. We need to be filled, stay filled, and be continually filled. Someone said to D.L. Moody, the great evangelist, why do you keep talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit? He says, because I leak. And we all need daily, continual fillings of the Holy Spirit. Because I think for a lot of Christians, a lot of people in life, they can be running on empty. Almost as a spiritual light on your spiritual dashboard that says you are running on empty. And that's not the way to live your Christian life. God doesn't want you to run on empty. He doesn't want you to struggle. He doesn't want you to, to live your life with, with no sense of peace and, and no real sense of joy and, and you feel powerless about the things that, that is coming against you in life. You don't know how to cope with it, how to rise above it. There's the answer. Be ye filled with the Spirit. Now, let me just say three things about that very quickly. Here's the first thing. It's a command. This is not a clever idea. This is not a suggestion. This is a command. Be ye filled with the Spirit. Jesus said to the disciples, you go to Jerusalem and don't leave Jerusalem until you have received power from on high. Don't attempt anything, don't do anything, don't try to do anything unless you have received power from on high. And so I think it's a command. It's, a, it's, it's not a request. It's a command that we are filled with the Spirit. There's a second thing. It's something that's not only a command, it's something that is continual. In the, in, in the Greek, in the past, it actually, it's, it's a continual thing. In Greek, it actually says, keep on being filled. It's something that you 
continually do. How many have found you can't live off a past experience? Is that right? No matter how great, how awesome, how amazing your past experience was, you can't live off it. It's gone and done with. Amen? The issue is, it's not that I was filled with the Holy Spirit. The question is, am I filled with the Spirit now? Am I filled with the Spirit now? Not that I was filled, not that I'm going to be filled, but am I filled right now? It's something that is a command. Secondly, it is something that is continual. And it once every day can experience the, the power of God. Amen. I can experience the joy, the peace, the power of God. Every single day, every single moment of my life. Amen. It's on a continual, moment by moment experience. Hallelujah. Here's a third thing. I'm going to focus on a little bit more. It's something that's a command, something that's continue, and thirdly, it's a contrast. This is what it says. It says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. In other words, there's a contrast. There's a comparison to being under the influence of wine compared to being under the influence of the Holy Spirit. There's a contrast. There's a similarity, if you like. Look at Acts 2.4. This was the first day, the first moment when the Holy Spirit fell. Just want to pick up one phrase here which kind of brings out what I'm saying. Acts 2 verse 4 says, And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke with other tongues and the Spirit gave them utterance. And it goes on to say in verse 14 say verse 15 for these are not drunk, as you suppose, since the third hour. In other words, they appear to be drunk, and in a sense they are, but not the way you think they are. They're under a different influence. They're under the influence of the Holy Spirit. They are filled with the Holy Spirit. And I was just thinking of this contrast. You know what happens when someone, if you like, through alcohol, it, it goes in your blood straight to your brain. And what it does, it's an it's, it's, it's inhibitor. It suppresses certain things in you. It's like an inhibitor that, that suppresses inhibitions. In other words, suddenly you feel confident. All your inhibitions are gone. Have you seen that? And for others, it's... It touches that even their emotions and they cry, they weep, they laugh. It kind, of, it, it kind of pushes down the inhibitions and they have this, you know, they begin to do things that they would not normally do unless they were under the influence. And I believe that's true of the Holy Spirit. That when you are filled with the Spirit, you begin to do things you could not normally do. Amen. You're different, you change. The the things in you become so different and so changed. Let me just think of some of these things. Because when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, your behaviour changes. That you can break habits. Because things that have held you and controlled you for so long, suddenly your behaviour begins to change. In other words, you are so intoxicated with the Holy Spirit, you become a totally different person. 
Here's a challenging verse. 1 John 4, verse 17. If you look at the, at the, the kind of last phrase of that, it's the most awesome verse. It kind of explodes in my mind. It says this. As he is, so are we in this world. Isn't that powerful? As he is. As Jesus is, so are we. How on earth can anyone be like that? The only way you'll ever be like that is by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so here's the point that when the Holy Spirit fills you, you know what it does? It makes you more and more like Jesus. And I was thinking about this because there's a, I always ask this question. The Bible says the Holy Spirit was not given until he was glorified. Is that right? You ever thought to yourself, why? How many would have thought the Holy Spirit, that the disciples needed the Holy Spirit big time? But the Bible says they didn't receive the Holy Spirit until Jesus was glorified. Why was that? Because the transformation, the person that we're being transformed into, is not Jesus before the cross, but it's after he was resurrected and at the right hand of God the Father. In other words, we're like Jesus as he is now. Crowned with glory, crowned with power. And the Bible says we're going to be like Jesus. Is Jesus full of love? Is he? Is he? Well, so are you. Is Jesus full of joy? So are you. Is he full of peace? As he is, right now, so are we. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you are changed, you are transformed, more and more to be like Jesus. Anyone to be like Jesus? Well, get filled with the Holy Spirit. Because the more filled I am with the Holy Spirit, the more my life and character and personality is transformed. There's something else what happens when you're filled with the Spirit. You lose your taste for sin. You know, when I was very young, my mum used, used to spread butter on the toast. And it was so thick. I used to eat this toast. I remember the toast was kind of falling off the bread, you know, and it was just everywhere. And it was so thick. And for years and years, I ate that toast and that butter spread everywhere. Until there came a point when I suddenly began to eat it, I began to heave. I couldn't bear the taste of butter. And, and that was when I was about six years of age. Since that point on, I can't eat butter, or even margarine. I remember when I was in Wales, they used to have Welsh cakes. Have you ever heard of Welsh cakes? And we went to visit this lady, and she, yeah, well, Steph said, yeah. And she just, she just put, and she just already made it, and she just put just tons of butter on it and gave it me. And I didn't really want to insult her, so I kind of had it and I kind of swallowed it. I had a cup of tea quick. And I could, all day I felt really sick. I, just that taste was still in my mouth. And, and I'm trying to say to you that when the Holy Spirit comes in your life, it, it changes your appetites. The things that you wanted to do before, suddenly you don't want to do. Your whole appetites change. The desire changes. You know, that's how we really deal with sin. We don't deal with sin in our own power. The more filled I get with the Holy Spirit, the more my desires change. Isn't it interesting? The Bible says that when Jesus was filled with the Spirit, right after then, the Bible says the Spirit of God drove him into the wilderness. And there he was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights. In other words, that he wasn't tempted before he was baptised or filled with the Spirit. Is that right? In other words, you and I, we can't face the pressures and the, the, the things that the enemy will throw at us. 
We can't overcome the things in our flesh and our own power. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The more filled I am with the Spirit, the more power and the ability I will have to overcome the pressures, the temptations, the things the enemy will throw at me in life. I'll never do it in my own power and strength. I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, this is what happens. We face this cycle. We fail, then we feel guilty, then we feel condemned, and then we go on for a time, then we fail again, and we just go through these cycles of life. But when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, those cycles begin to get broken. Amen? The power, the the pressure of it begins to lessen and you seem to have more power over it because you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? How many want to be filled with the Holy Spirit more and more? Filled with the Holy Spirit. Here's the next thing. Look at Ephesians 5.18. It says that as a result of being filled with the Holy Spirit. It says in verse 19, speaking to one another in hymns, psalms, spiritual songs, singing, making melody to the Lord with your heart. In other words, it liberates you in worship. There becomes a new liberation of worship and praise. Have you noticed at weddings that people begin to do crazy dances? Have you noticed that? You know, a bit of influence and that's it, they are there. They're, they're, you know, the karaoke machine, there they are. and They're doing some crazy dance and, you know, over the dance floor and dancing with everybody sort of thing. And nobody's safe and they're dancing and all over the place. You know, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, there's a new liberation of worship. You begin to be freer, a greater freedom in your worship. The, the things that, that inhibit you, that hold you back, suddenly are loosened. As you get filled with the Holy Spirit, I've often said before, for me to raise my hand up in those days, it was like, uh, I felt like my, my arm had a, a wed later. I never remember that. But when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, suddenly my inhibitors were freed and I could lift my hands up, I could dance, all kinds of things. Because when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, those blockages, that, that stuff that holds you back, breaks off your life. Amen? And you're free to come to a new dilemma, a new new dimension of worship. There's something else. I think I call it this, a fruit infusion. In other words, when the Holy Spirit fills you, suddenly the fruit of the Holy Spirit begins to come through your life. Maybe naturally you're not a very loving person. Or maybe naturally you're not a very joyful person. Maybe naturally you're not a very patient person. But I want to tell you that when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, suddenly you become an amazingly loving person. You become an amazing peaceful person. You become an amazing patient person. You become a person that's long-suffering. You seem to have greater control over yourself. In other words, the Holy Spirit infuses into you the fruit. And your whole character, personality begins to change. From someone timid, you become bold. From someone stingy, you become generous. Have you noticed when someone's under the influence of a drink? How, they want to buy everybody a drink. <laughs> you know, hey, come on, every, drinks are on me. You know, you, know, that, that, and, you, know, that, you know, go and buy yourself this, go and buy yourself that. I think when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you become a very generous person. You want to bless people. 
You want to encourage people. Something in you changes from somebody who's stingy and you become somebody who's very generous. Amen? Because you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Somebody who feels so weak suddenly becomes someone so strong. You become a totally different, transformed person because now you're a fruit-bearing person. Now you're bearing the fruit which is a result of being filled with the Spirit. You say, I want more love. Well, get filled with the Spirit. You want more joy. Get filled with the Spirit. You want to be more patient. Then get more filled with the Spirit. The more filled you are, the more fruit-productive you will be. Amen? I think the next thing is you become eternally-minded. I think when we're filled with the Spirit, we no longer just tend to focus on us. We begin to focus on the things of God. And the things of God actually excite us. As we heard earlier, we get excited about the Word of God. It's no longer boring or something we do out of duty. It's something that we find exciting. It's something that comes alive. It's something that's real. It's something that really stirs us and moves us. Prayer isn't just something we do out of routine. It becomes exciting. We can't wait to get into the presence of God. We love prayer. We love the Word. In other words, there becomes a whole new level of spiritual desire and affection that goes in us. Because the Spirit of God fills us. And because it fills us, it begins to put new spiritual affections in you. And the truth is, if the Bible is that kind of way to us, then we're not going to get that much out of it. We're not going to get much out of prayer. It's something we have to struggle to do. But when you're filled with the Spirit, it's something you, you enjoy and something you delight in. That's what God says. He says, those who delight themselves in my word, in my law. It's a delight. It's not something that's heavy burden to them. They, delight, they love it. They, they just love to do it. That's the only way you really, truly do the things of God, when it becomes a delight, when it becomes something you really, really enjoy. It's the greatest thrill you can ever know. Amen? There's something else. It delivers us from all our fears. I think people who become spirit-filled begin to lose their fears. The Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of a sound mind and, and power and love. You see, a person under the influence of a helper has, has suppressed his fears. He feels he can conquer the world. He feels he can he'll fight with anybody. He'll sing on the latest karaoke. He doesn't care. That's what happens when you become under the influence of the Holy Spirit. You, there's a new boldness there. There's a new pushing forward there. You're, you're not so much concerned about people's opinions. and You're not so much concerned about about what other people think about you, or other fears, other things that hold us back. The Spirit of God breaks all the irrational fears that can so easily grip us and hold our lives. So, let me say, let me think those are good things. Is that right? Let me think those are pretty cool things. So, here's the point. If I'm to be filled, then the lesson I need to learn is how to drink. I can't be filled unless I drink, is that right? So the key is to learn how do I spiritually drink. Because if I don't drink, I won't be filled. And if I'm not filled, I'm going to struggle in my Christian life. So the key is how do I drink? Ever pulled your car up to, to a 
to a, to, to a gas station. Fill it up. I love saying that. You can't say it in the UK. You have to do it yourself. But I love when those guys come and say, fill it up. I love that. Fill it up. And I think we should be like with God, you know. Lord, fill me up. Amen. Fill me up. We need to learn. Fillability. Is that a word, fillability? Well, I've just created a new word. Fillability. You need fillability. The ability to drink and be, what? Filled. God, fill me up. I need fillability. Fill me up. Fill me. I need to learn to drink. I want you to see something. Unless we learn to have this fillability, unless we're filled, we will live our Christian lives by our own natural ability and our own natural power and our own natural strength. And that's why we fail time and time again. That's why we go through the cycles. That's why we go through the struggles. That's why we we never really become the person that we know in our hearts that God has meant us to be. Because we're not learning to be filled day after day. The Christian life was never meant to be lived on empty. Amen. You're never meant to live your Christian life on empty. I wonder right now, let's do a, if, we did, if we could have a spiritual breathalyzer, that would be interesting, a spiritual breathalyzer, what would be the mark on you? Would it be under the influence? Or would it be no problem? You know, you're not under any influence whatsoever. I wonder what if we could do a spiritual kind of, a spiritual breathalyzer on people. What the indicator would be. I want, to, you know what, I want it to be a mind over the top, you know, totally out of his head. <laughs> you know, the clock, you know, we, we haven't got a measure to measure it. But it's so over the top. And we say we want to be filled. So there's just a few quick things that you need to do to be filled. Here's the first thing. Empty yourself. And I, don't, I, don't, I was talking about being empty of the spirit, but now I'm talking about empty yourself of yourself. If we're going to be filled, we've got to be empty. Here's the first thing. Empty yourself of your sin. Those things in you that you know God, if I'm honest before you right now, there's things in me I know is not right. And it's a blockage. It's a hindrance. And I'm never going to be truly filled till I put that area of my life right. And so that's the first thing. I empty myself of my sin. I empty myself of the things of this world. Sometimes... We can be so caught up with things, they grip us, they hold us, they, they take over. They become the main thing of our conversation, the main thing we think about, that, that our focus in the whole of life. I mean, in the midst of it, it just takes over us and we lose sight of God. We need to empty ourselves of desires, not of God. Empty ourselves of the things of your past. How many people are living by things of their past? Empty yourself of your past. Empty yourself of pride. One thing i found, that God fills broken vessels. People who've come to a place where they realise that they are nothing, but Jesus is everything. Amen. Empty yourself of your reasoning. How come we've got to reason everything out and try to understand it? Sometimes, I'm not saying we should throw our brains away, but what we should do sometimes is not so focus and try and reason everything out sometimes and just say, Lord, fill me. Amen. Just fill me. Empty yourself of worry and anxiety. You know, I felt the other day, and I, well, a few months ago now, how many have ever felt sorry for themselves? Ever had those days, and I feel sorry for me. <laughs> you know, I feel sorry, you know, why does this have to happen to me? Why doesn't this go right for me? 
And I felt the Holy Spirit say this to me. Every time you are full of self-pity, you are worshipping yourself. Wow, that woke me up. Because the more focused we are on us, the more that becomes a blockage. So we've almost got to empty ourselves. Say, Lord, I empty myself of me. John the Baptist says, I must what? Decrease so he can increase. Amen. Next thing is, very quickly, is we yield ourselves. Romans 12 verse 1 says, present yourself or, or yield yourself unto God. Whatever I yield myself to controls me. That's what you're controlled by right now. Whatever's controlling your life, it controls you because at some point you yielded yourself to it. You gave control of it to your life. You know, some people are controlled by worry because they yield to worry on a continual day-to-day basis. People are controlled by fear because they yield to fear on a day-to-day basis. Whatever you yield to will control you and whatever will control you will fill you. You know the reality is, Every one of us is filled with something. We're all filled with something. The issue is, is what we're filled with, amen? I'm talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And the only way I'm going to be filled with the Holy Spirit is to yield to the Holy Spirit. And the more I yield to the Holy Spirit, the more he'll control me. Let me just give you one verse. And this kind of blew me apart when I thought about it. Here is the Apostle Paul. Because the word yield actually means also to breathe one's lust. To breathe one's last. You yield when you breathe one's last. Look at this one verse. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 31. Just that last phrase that Paul said. It kind of struck me. He says, just it's three words basically. He says, I die daily. I die daily. Wow. You see, this is the Apostle Paul. This is the greatest Apostle ever lived. He says, every day I die. Every day I die. And that's true of our lives. Every day we have to die. Die. I put three things. Die to what you feel. Ever felt sometimes, I don't want to do that for God because I don't feel like doing it for God. I don't want to worship because I don't feel like worshipping. I don't want to pray because I don't feel like praying. I don't want to witness because I, I don't feel like witnessing. And so often we are bound by what we feel. And sometimes we've got to die to what we feel. We've got to die to what we want. We've got to die not to what, we've got to die to what I want and say, God, I want what you want. Amen? Sometimes I've got to die to what I think. I said before, that doesn't mean you don't think. It just means that you allow your thinking to come into a line with God's thinking. Amen? Here's another one. Here's a good one. I die to my rights. My rights to, to have my say. <laughs> Ever read that? Ever read some emails and you think, right, now I'm going to give them a bit of my mind. I'm going to give them what I think. I have a right. That's when we sort of die to our rights. I have a right to say that to that person. I have a right to get even. I have a right to do this. I have to do that. Part of dying is saying I die to my rights. I could do that. In a sense, I have a right to do that. But I want something far greater. I'm dying to my rights. And there's the amazing thing. The more I die, the more I will experience a move of God in my life. It's true. God will always compensate it. 
for the greater move of himself. After those things that we need to die to are killing us anyway, amen? And so we die, we yield to the Holy Spirit so he might fill us. And then we thirst. Jesus says if, if you want to be a river, then if any man is thirsty, you thirst. That, that you have an intense desire for God. In other words, you're as filled with the Holy Spirit as you want to or as you desire to be. God will never take you beyond your thirst or your desire. So, the, so what I really, what I need to do is say, Lord, I thirst after you. I want more, I want more of him. So the more we want of him, the more we will have. Isn't that great? Really, that verse in Ephesians 5, verse 18, is all about excesses. It says, don't be excessive in the natural, but in the spiritual be a glutton. Amen? In the spiritual want more and more and more. And here's the last thing. Have an expectancy in your hearts. Remove the blockages. Ask yourself, what blocks us? Because... I only believe God wants to fill us. So if he's not filling us, then that must mean that somewhere, there's a blockage somewhere. Is that right? There's a blockage. Sometimes it's fear of letting go, of giving God control. I think a lot of people are, are fearful. There's a, there's a fear there that hinders the Holy Spirit from filling them. For others, it can be a kind of pride thing because there's so much, certainly today, we all, we all love to look cool. And sometimes when you, when you let the Holy Spirit move on you, it doesn't look that cool, amen? So we need to sometimes let our pride down and say, Lord, I'm just open to let you do with me what you want to do. But I've got an expectancy. If I ask, I'm going to receive, amen? I expect to be filled and refilled day after day after day. There's an expectancy. I'm going to be filled this day with the Holy Ghost, Amen? Now, let me close with this. This is what happens when we're not filled. Because Paul says to Timothy, he says, here's what's going to happen in the last days. People are going to have a form of godliness, but they're going to have no power. And that word form basically means pattern. Or or, or it means something that that is set in a certain way. Or it means an outward exterior. This is what happens. We don't live a, a day-to-day life being filled with the Spirit. Basically, we live a life that is exterior-based. We kind of have the appearance of, of Christian. We have the kind of words that seem kind of Christian. We even have some of the works that seem to be Christian. And all the outward stuff seems all right, if you like. And the, the outward exteriors all seems right. You know, we're not, you know, we're not in... We're not sort of robbing shops or doing something crazy or robbing banks or something, but, but deep inside our hearts, there's no power. There's no real power for life. There's no real power of God that's there. It's an outward kind of thing. We ain't got the real reality of Jesus because that's what the Spirit does. He brings Jesus and makes him real to you. 
And every day you're thrilled and excited about Jesus because you're filled with the Spirit on a day-to-day basis. He's just filled day after day after day. And here's the point. God always does it by increase. So the more filled you are, tomorrow you become even more filled. You think about that on a weekly, monthly, yearly basis. That you're more filled now than you were a year ago. You're more filled now than you were two years ago. And six weeks from now, you're going to be more filled than you were six weeks ago. And you're, all these areas I've mentioned, you're growing and deepening as the Spirit of God gains control over you. So what a word. Be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. And here really is the question. Let's put our, our, our breathalyzer on again. What's the reading? Filled or empty? Let's just bow our heads for him right now. I want to right now, before we really do anything else, the most important thing is you can never receive the Holy Spirit till you first receive Jesus. And maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus in a personal way. Let me ask this question. If you were to die tonight, do you know where you would go? Have you that assurance of forgiveness? Have you, have you that assurance that you go to heaven? We're not talking about becoming religious. We're talking about having a personal relationship with Jesus. He died for everybody. He died for the whole world. He died for you personally. If you'd have been the only person in this world, he would still have come and he would still have died for you. And he wants to forgive you and, and restore you back into a relationship with God. So you, knew, you know God in a personal way. But you need first of all to come to the cross and receive Jesus as your Savior and as your Lord. So if you've never ever received Jesus into your heart, or maybe you're here this morning and you're away from God and you want to come back to him and recommit your life to him today. Say, God, I need to get back with you. I've been away from you. and I just come tonight, this morning, and I just need to recommit my life to you today. That's you. Before you go anywhere else, just, just raise your hand right now, just where you are. We just love to pray for you. We always love to give people opportunity to come to Jesus. If you want to contact someone in relation to this sermon, please call the church on 01481 249 490 or email admin at delanceyelim.co.uk and someone will pray with you. Thank you.